Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester and today we're talking about the innovation and digitalization of infrastructure. I'm really lucky today to be joined by two special guests. Uh, the first is Mayuta Ratavara. She is the Head of Product Management, Portfolio and Innovation for Digital Buildings at Siemens Smart Infrastructure. And Christian Waglechner. He is the Senior Real Estate Development Manager at CA Immo. Uh, Mayut, Christian, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Uh, now, today I'd like to talk about the digitalization of infrastructure. And there's a report that, uh, that Siemens has recently reduced uh, talking about the space race and talking about how infrastructure stakeholders see the, the industry uh, of, of construction, the, the infrastructure um, creation industry, let's call it, lagging a little bit from a digitalization perspective. And we know that there is a challenge all the time when we're talking about assets uh, of a long-term uh, investment, when we're talking about uh, a complex buildings, uh, buildings that are different all the time, everything is different. So I want to talk a little bit together with you about what's driving the market uh, and how digitalization is, is really becoming a core part of that. Uh, and Christian, I'd like to start with you, if that's okay. Um, because you're out there in the market talking with developers, um, uh, you know, driving the the definition of what what definition and investment looks like. Uh, what what's the thought process for for developers for investors when they're starting to look at potential future projects? What's driving them, and and how are they going about answering and defining the the problems that they're challenged with today? Well. First of all, I would like to share with you how developers are thinking. Uh, developers are trying to create a building that is fulfilling uh, certain criteria that are wrapped around the target that to create an investment that makes commercially sense. Uh, one of the decisions is, for example, materials. The building is to be seen as a long-lasting investment. That means the target is that the lifetime should, of course, not be shorter than the return of investment. Example, a standard office would create 5 to 6% income compared to the investment. That means in years, we speak about 16 to 20 years minimum that the material should last. Otherwise, a reinvestment has to be taken into account in the overall investment costs. Very simplified, but in a general understanding. Uh, that means there is no big understanding uh, why people should invest uh, too much money on something that is not proven, where there is no long-time experience, where people do not know, will they work in five years, in ten years? Will they be already outdated? So... What we are doing is we are saying that this is not what we have to do. Let's consider this in some sort of marketing budget. How about we use this budget pot? Marketing costs are approximately in the range of 0.6 to 1%. That means if we take into account that this can be considered as a part of the marketing investment and we spend 30 to 50% of this budget, to implement latest technologies or to upgrade what is already market standard, then we can implement things that are now up to date, latest technologies to allow us now and in future to do more things that we currently know. 
Following this argumentation, it is easy to agree and implement this. Okay. That's a, that's a great insight because I think, especially a little bit later in the conversation, when we start to talk about you know, what are some of the challenges about driving the speed and the scalability and the implementation? This is a huge challenge or a huge consideration that we need to take into account. Now, you mentioned the, this this requirement for return on investment. Of course, that, that makes uh, perfect sense from an investor's perspective. And and you also described about the setting these targets for for a piece of infrastructure. What are some of the, the market drivers, the expectations from, if we take again the office example, from the tenants, from the building users? What are some of the functional and operational requirements that, that investors and developers are also seeing driven from the market? Well, of course, the, the typical slogan is flexibility, yeah? For example, if a company decides or is growing, if a company is optimizing the space, the surrounding needs to react on this. And with the digital technologies uh, where we can simply control light sources, ventilation, heating and cooling sources based by programming and not by cabling, this is allowing us uh, far more flexible surrounding that can immediately react on big changes uh, in shrinking or increasing the tenant space. Amazing. And here's where I'd really like to link to you, Mayut, because exactly what Christian mentioned then around flexibility, around digital solutions is where you and your team spend all of your time and all of your energy. The, the drivers in the market that you see, what are the big problems that, that you recognize technology and digitalization can address? Um, from your perspective, from the technology side of things. Yeah. So we are, are hearing from the customers and, and the markets. I think there's the three key drivers that uh, we are looking into. So obviously one is the sustainability, energy efficiency, which is ever more relevant. So uh, that's that's number one driver at the moment. The second, which is linked to that, is really the performance of the buildings. So how can we run the buildings more efficiently? Also from the, let's say, the maintenance cost perspective, not only from the energy per perspective, and thirdly, then the performance, uh, the experience in the buildings, uh, experience meaning comfort of the occupants, but also the safety and security of the occupants. And much of the technology exists. I mean, you know, we've been doing all of these things for years now, uh, uh, having uh, having already quite quite good buildings. But now I think the game changer really is around the IoT, for example. So you can really connect a lot more data. Then we have the cloud technologies that really allows to handle that data in scale digital twins that really structure that data that it is usable, then to run AI and algorithms and as in terms of uh, optimizing the buildings. So technology is there, it's no longer science fiction, but I think there's also some, some, some resistance still in the market to really adapt in scale, um, which we see. Yeah, I understand. And, and I think this ties a little bit back to, to one of the, the topics that Christian mentioned before, the, that long-term investment, that, that ability or that, that uh, willingness to, to take some risks, let's call it, uh, and to make some decisions which are sometime, somehow outside the, the standard. Uh, now, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the, some of that technology, some of the enabling topics that you just mentioned. But to do that, it'd be nice to, to link it a little bit to some of the challenges, Christian, you see in the market. So do you have a use case for us, uh, an example of, of, of a, a recent you know, project, customer discussion where you know, that core driver of flexibility and the ability to adapt and operate efficiently 
was highlighted for you where you said, hey, this is, this is a, a great example of, of, let's call it the challenge that we have. Yeah. Uh, what we have implemented in our latest project is that we have taken this additional budget and we have implemented more intelligent sensors. They can uh, measure light density. They can measure light color. They can measure the temperature, um, air humidity. They can measure CO2 level. That means all this package around the so-called comfort for the tenant. Uh, these sensors are not only preparing ourselves to control and steer it, but we can also measure it, collect the data and learn from it. On one building, in one city, on the whole portfolio. That means on a long-term perspective, we want to collect the data and we want to learn from it. How our customers are using the building? What can we improve? How can we reduce energy consumption? How can we transfer this information even to the tenants, to the users, that they are part of this whole procedure? That maybe we should think about gamification. Yeah, They will get the knowledge energy was reduced by and this is then some sort of challenge. I'm better than my neighbor. Uh, what we have also implemented is, for example, we do no longer have analog light switches. Everybody is used to have this analog light switches, which is switching on the light in an office building connected by cable. What we have done is we did throw it to the basket and we have implemented digital controlling elements. With this single unit, uh, we can control in one go, we can control the lights, we can control the sun blinds, we can control the airflow, the temperature and the cooling in one single element. And in addition, you can connect with your mobile phone to this equipment and you can steer and control everything from your desk directly without getting up and going eight to 10 meters to steer and control it. So very comfortable for our end users and this is one thing that we can communicate very easy something like uh, energy reduction is connected to this because if it is a digital thing we can steer and we can control it if there is in the room if the occupancy sensor says this area is not in use let's lower everything let's turn off the lights let's lower the ventilation system it has a huge impact in the energy consumption I understand I, I love that example because it touches on so many topics that we've already talked about today uh, you know you mentioned three three kind of key drivers that you hear from customers when you talk to them sustainability that flexibility and adaptability and then the user experience and I think that uh, that example that Christian just touched on, addresses all of these somehow, uh, you know, delivering the, the right amount of, of light, the right color of light, the right amount of shading, uh, energy uh, delivered via heating, cooling, uh, airflow, etc. Managing that so that we still find that sustainability, that energy efficiency aspect, collecting. And, and I think right at the start, Christian, you mentioned from a, an operator's perspective, controlling and understanding and graining transparency on that one building, uh, on all the buildings in the city and the whole portfolio. So this benchmarking ability and, and, and operation across a broad portfolio of buildings. 
So, Maya, give, give us a quick summary of that. Uh, you know, we, we talked about so many different aspects then in the example that Christian brought to us uh, for, for this use case. What are some of the key technologies that enable this ability to address those three key use cases, enable this benchmarking and, and operation across a full fleet of sites, and also linking to the user and enabling this gamification, this, this understanding, this insight into what's happening in the building? What are some of the things that can make that possible? Yeah, so one of the things that really is close to, close to my heart these days is actually um, when you look into, for example, this example, you heard many stakeholders in that uh, ecosystem of a, of a use case. So you have the tenant, you have the building owner, you have the equipment providers who provide the systems, and you have someone who is actually uh, managing the operations, the facilities. Now, how can we enable that collaboration and these use cases across all of those? That is really uh, made possible through the rise of the digital platforms that really bring the data together and allow different use cases, different participants then to interact with the data and create this kind of like interactions with each other as well. So the feedback from the tenant comes to them to the facility manager who then does something that has an impact on the system. And then there is uh, further opportunities by automating this chain of things. So yeah, maybe the feedback from tenant uh, can be expressed not only by providing the feedback manually, but also by the behavior. You, you know that if they are switching the lights or adjust, adjusting the lights, there's something wrong in that. The system should be able to read it and provide that uh, information that, yes, on this room there is something, some issue, but the system could also analyze what is the root cause of this issue and, and autonomously then, uh, then do something about it, adjust to that. I think this is still in a little bit further down the road in the future. I, I think there is not yet a lot of trust in the, uh, let's say, the building environment to allow these controls to become autonomous. There still needs to be that human in the control room. But we see that in the in the areas like in the energy efficiency, managing the schedules in the buildings, this starts to become a more commonplace. Yeah, I understand. And I think that's, you know, that links us to the next topic and where I'd like to, to close our discussion today and brings us back around this conversation that you started, Christiane, at the start, uh, around the the recognition that when we try things that are new, when we when we look to change the norm from the past to to embrace the the future capabilities, there there is somehow a sticking point here uh, between what we're able to do technology wise and what we're we're willing to invest in and drive for from an industry perspective. So I wanted to to quickly touch on that with both of you. We have this challenge from an investor perspective. Uh, there, there is risk that comes with this when you're investing in a building that must last, that that must return on that investment within you know, that that 20 years and push through and last as a long-term investment and asset. And then we have the the ability and the functionality and the new technologies and knowledge that we have, Mayut, and we want to to bring this into the world and make this part of the norm. So, so an open question, uh, and and I'll start firstly with you, Christian. Uh, what do we do about this? What's the next step as an industry? To, how do we speed this up and 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 help together as a as a as a collective group of stakeholders move past some of these sticking points? I would divide it into two points. I think uh, there are two main reasons that are currently driving these innovations on the market. One thing is comfort to make things, and the second is to make things simple and cost saving. Comfort as a slogan, will bring us new ways how we can use and control things and buildings. And the second, cost saving and make it simple, will bring 
far bigger changes, but it will take longer, as we already heard. Yeah, uh, Connected to this, this artificial intelligence, autonomous buildings connected with the digital twin that we want uh, to establish, I think this needs to become in stages. Let's compare it to the autonomous driving. Yeah, If we have a look over the fence, how... Um, other industries are developing themselves, they're making it into stages to allow the customer not to have it too complicated in their understanding. So if we say, okay, let's make some comfort and let's connect it with the next stage of autonomous behavior, they are more willing to accept this. I think what is currently happening is uh, that the industry in certain areas is too fast for the market. They are... um, it is, it is very hard to create this understanding. So if it is done step by step, then I think it is very easy to to come to the stage of acceptance. Yeah, And once you are there, it is very easy then to, in the next project, that you say already, this is nothing new. This is not a new technology. This is not a risk. We are already at the stage of market standard. And in the next step, we can do something in addition and in addition. Understand. I, I think it's uh, it's a good insight from let's say from the market perspective, and and the same question to you, Mayu. Uh, knowing that this technology is here and developing and, and moving quickly, what are some of the things that we can do to help uh, you know break through some of these barriers and 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 cover some of these hurdles? Yeah, my thoughts are a lot uh, on the same lines as Christian's here. So simplification of things, so reducing that complexity that is required to bring these uh, different systems together and enable these different use cases and the collaborations on top. So this is the, this is the key. So how to make it simple? Simple makes it more affordable. Uh, so And then the second aspect I would bring outside of the, the technology, which is uh, new ways of collaborating. So also for us technology providers to collaborate with those customers and customers willing to also to, to experience and experiment the new technologies with us then will help us to get into that, what Christian mentioned, these next steps of then driving the adoption on the on the wider scale. But but we need to gain that experience so that we can then, again, make things more simple. And the collaboration across the industry, which means that also the systems become more interoperable out of the box so that you can really, really create those use cases with the lesser of engineering then uh, going forward. So I think with these types of new ways of working, collaborating, we can actually make the difference in the in the industry. Yeah, amazing. And, and you know, from, from previous discussions we had on this show and, and also discussions we see in the industry, I think collaboration is really that key. You know, it's no longer a group of people somewhere in a building creating a, a solution, a, a service, an offering and sending it out into the world. It's this co-collaboration, this co-creation and, and this constant conversation like we're having today almost to, to understand the challenges from both sides of, of the table and, and finding the, the linking points and those simple steps to get us there step by step. Uh, Christian Mayu, thank you so much. We've only scratched the surface, but but anyhow, a really interesting conversation. So uh, a huge thank you to both of you for, for your time and your expertise. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure.
Uh, and, and a huge thank you to everyone that is out there listening as well. Uh, if you would like to, to learn a little bit more and dive into a little bit more detail, as I mentioned at the start, there is a report that has been released called The New Space Race that's focused around the pivotal role of data, digitalization in the transformation of infrastructure. And it looks at some of these challenges, uh, you know, things like climate change uh, and the expectations from the market and how that really affects effects, sorry, uh, buildings and the energy systems and, and how digitalization is some of the core enablers for the next steps for us. So check that out. Go out and search for a space race, uh, sorry, a new space race uh, by Siemens. But apart from that, look out for our new episodes and uh, really also reach out to Mayut and Christian uh, on, on LinkedIn. I'm sure you'll find them there and, and ask and, and continue the conversation there. But until then, uh, we thank you very much and we'll see you soon.